Welcome to the UK Consult. This podcast is our occasional ramble through all things to do with citizen engagement and public participation in the UK. It is the home of public participation goodness, with a particular focus on good practice examples of online engagement and special guests and features from around the globe. It's good to be here. It seems a little while since um, our last broadcast, but it's not as long as I think it is. So today we have got an exciting lineup, actually. We've got a shout out to the Vale of Glamorgan and a really interesting each topic around yes, no questions. Well, I hope it's really interesting. I was really interested in it, so that's why I'd like to share it with you. We've got a tool of the month coming up as well, which is from Torvine Council. So featuring whales today by accident, not by design, but that's a good thing too. And we also have the Stato feature with our stat of the week. It's not the week though, is it? With our stat of the of the episode, the stat cast, maybe something like that. And sadly, no special guest. And I've worked out why we've not managed to have a special guest in the last two episodes, despite promising one. And that's because we haven't invited anybody. And that's my fault. So I've done I've sent some invites today. So I'm going to get some people to start coming along as special guests. So hopefully this is the last one for a while where it's just me and Wilson the tortoise on our own. So let's begin, I think, let's start with a shout out to the Vale of Glamorgan for their new site, Welcome to Participate Vale. And it's a really nice looking site with a really great introduction. Have your say. Welcome to Participate Vale, it says, have your say and get involved with council decisions and local issues in the Vale of Glamorgan. We want to know what you think so our decisions about the places you live, work and visit reflect your views. And there's a nice little um, call to action for people to register to participate. And they've got um, a list of their current consultations and they've also asked people to get involved in their public participation strategy. So a reasonably new site. So that's part of the reason for giving it a shout out is that they're just um, beginning their journey in the world of public consultation using Engagement HQ. So there's our shout out. So that's um, tick that one off the list. And then what I'd like to move on to is our topic of the week, which is about yes, no questions, or otherwise known as forced binary choices in public consultation. So I have stolen this feature from a recent article published by us on, uh, I think it's a blog, sometimes getting them wrong. Yes, it is a blog, it is a blog. And it's um, by a contributing writer called Marion Lawy. I think I've said that wrong. Anyway, you can see, so I'll put it in the blurb and it's about the challenging those yes, no questions and why that can be a problem. So quite often you will see people say, do you agree with our proposed changes to your local library services, yes or no? Do you think it's a good decision to introduce imperial measurements back into the UK? Yes or no? Should we proceed with our plans to change your local health service? Yes or no? 
and those sorts of things. So in this article, there's a bit of a challenge to that and that actually it's rarely a good idea to ask simple yes, no questions because fundamentally, you probably all know this already, thousands and thousands of listeners out there, it's rarely that simple. So forcing people to choose between one of two options can result in a few things. So first of all, if the respondent thinks both options sound good, but they can only choose one, it can be construed that they've rejected the other. I guess that can leave people frustrated. Or if people think both options sound bad, but must choose one, the results may look like they've actually endorsed that option. So clearly two problems there with binary choices. Also, if a respondent doesn't understand or or necessarily care about the options, forcing them to choose one in order to move on to the next question, say, can skew the data. So there's three quite obvious reasons why we shouldn't force binary choices like that. But also what you're doing is also closing, closing people down. So it's a real closed question. So we've really sort of shut down any opportunity sharing or, or discovering insights there's also some actually more more interesting but other consequences of asking people to to select yes or no and one of these is called acquiescence bias so in this situation depending on the context the respondent can opt for a yes or agree because they might have a tendency to be positive or agreeable And then related to this is dissent bias, which might be more common or more of a concern in public consultation because people might say no almost to everything because they just feel very negative about the project as a whole. So they might just actually have, um, you know, a tendency to say no because they're just feeling negative about the actual overarching project itself. The other issue to do with binary choices is that it can incite or escalate division within a community. It can encourage people to campaign for their preferred option and actually be quite divisive, actually forcing that binary choice and actually forcing people to, into a mode of campaigning where they're, where they're almost trying to force people to, to share their, their view and and intimidate people to to go with their choice. And binary choices also limit people to yes and no and not being more creative with their responses. So people can't actually really identify the parts of a proposal that they like. They can't necessarily detail the the parts of a proposal that they would forcefully reject. So I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. Well, I have, but not really focused on thinking about those problems of yes, no questions. And it's something that comes up reasonably often, actually, on things like when you're designing consultations. And it also makes me reflect on the benefit, therefore, of going beyond the survey and making sure that people have those opportunities to take part in ideas, um, boards, share their views and opinions with other people via discussion forums, drop pins on maps, ask questions, use questions and answer techniques to actually ask questions of people so broadening out consultations into that sort of online dialogue is actually all part of of getting away from that binary choice 
Of course, there are occasions where yes/no response is is quite valid, and they are briefly meant briefly mentioned in the article that I put in the blurb. So a bit of a different one today, on in terms of the feature topic, but hopefully it might might give you some food for thought too, and you can always have a good read of the article. Moving on now to the tool of the week. And this comes from Torvine County Borough, and they have used the ideas tool. And what they've asked people to do is quite simply whether to explain whether they think that something has been missed in the Pontypool regeneration plan. And I just thought, how nice is that? Have we missed anything? Share your ideas. A nice catch-all shows that there's still room for people to influence decisions, have their say and get involved. And, and people have done that. They've contributed their ideas. So we have one here saying more cycle friendly places such as the park and maybe some designated cycle routes throughout the area. What, uh, there's another one here from Mel saying, what about unused or unseen spaces under our town, like cellars, tunnels and things like that? It's interesting, isn't it? Well, there's one, or there's one person here, Paula Versier, who just who's actually said, "Hey, we don't really need the new cafe idea. We've got enough cafes in Pontypool as it is." So that was good to see. Another example of the ways that you can use online tools to capture ideas and get people involved in your in your community engagement and your public consultation. So well done, Torvine Council. So just finishing off because we are also trying to keep these podcasts short uh not short but short uh and they have been in the past so finishing off is the stat of the week and i was really struggling actually this not stat of the week it's our stato we don't do these podcasts weekly um was that was our um, amazing statistic for this episode I try and tie it back as much as I can to public consultation and community engagement, but I've, poor preparation means I, I wasn't able to do that today. So it's, but it is related to being all something digital and is purely interesting in its own right. And, and it's about the weight of the internet. And apparently, if the internet were weighed, it would weigh about two ounces or 50 grams. So doing online consultation, there you go, actually puts less weight on the world. How about that? Tenuous link, but is that even true? Maybe someone can fact check that for me. So there was your stat for this, the amazing statistic for this episode. And somehow I've made it relevant. That's it for this episode. And until next time, when we will have a special guest. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.